What is up? This is the Leafs Convo Podcast presented by Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario, oakridgeford.com. It is December 6, 2019. I'm your host, Norman James, along with my podcast partner in crime, the one and only Michael Piagello, joining us from Buffalo, New York. Mike, what a week it's been. The Leafs shitting the bed against the Flyers, uh, losing a close one against Colorado, and then we've had a couple of days to stew about it ahead of a game against the Blues, the Stanley Cup champions, on Saturday. What say you, brother? Good morning, Norm. Um, well, I, I realize the uh, the crap storm that came from that Philadelphia game because, you know, giving up two goals in the final minute and a half after an empty net goal, it was the optics were terrible. And I think the Leafs had to do a bit of scrambling after that game because – you know, they knew they were facing the prospect of having Michael Hutchinson play against Colorado, a team that's very good. Um, and, you know, according to what was reported before the game, uh, Frederick Anderson went to Sheldon Keith and said, you know, I want in, you know, the, the, the team is going to rally and I, I think I need to be there. And, you know, I, I think they had a better effort against Colorado. They did lose, but I think the reason they lost was not because of Anderson. He played well, and it wasn't because of a lack of effort. I think the, the effort was there from everybody. But 39 shots on goal, and they couldn't beat Philip Grubauer, and then a, a faux pas on a power play late in the, or in the third period was the determining factor. Mm. So they're, they're – I think that there's enough talent there. I think that there is some motivation there, but right now things are not falling into place. And the concern about that is right now, uh, you know, you keep, uh, you keep having a, a, a long stretch of struggling. You're taking yourself out of uh, a significant playoff spot. Do you think the Leafs reflect more what they did against Colorado or – is the type of game we saw against Philadelphia maybe not too common, but it will uh, it's inevitable and will rear its ugly head uh, when the team <laughs> needs to avoid it? Well, I mean, one of the things that I've observed about this team so far through 30-odd games is that there's sort of a, a lack of attentiveness at times. You know, they, they will play great in stretches. Remember during when Babcock was there, they would always get off the slow starts in the first period and then play like gangbusters mm -hmm. in the second or third and erase the, you know, one goal, two goal deficit. Um, the game in Buffalo on Friday, Michael Hutchinson plays well in the first period. They get a one nothing lead. They get a second goal from Tavares early in the second period. And then they give up four goals to a, Buffalo team that I, I still think is not very good um, against Philadelphia. It's one, one in the third, they tie up the game. Uh, they give up a goal. Uh, of, I think less than a minute later yeah. from Claude Brew. Um, and then uh, another goal uh, when they were pressing for yeah. the tying goal and the netter. And then all of a sudden you see this team sort of like, okay, it's over. We're, you know, what the hell let's just move on. But they give up two more yeah. goals in the, in, the end of that game and the optics are just sure, terrible sure. it just looks like a team that doesn't care sure when you have a breakdown of that nature it looks terrible but is this team a breakdown away from feeling the heat or making things compounding its its own issues or is this systemic mike that's that's what i'm trying to get at here because if it's a breakdown if it's a breakdown 
you can find a way to avoid those breakdowns, right? You just change change the complexion of the roster, um, change up who's out on the ice, do things differently. And that's why Sheldon Keefe is the head coach now because um, he's he, he can adapt and we're expecting him to adapt. He's going to need to adapt with this roster. But if it's systemic, if if it's beyond who's the head coach and it's beyond um, you know who's on the ice, that's where the issue gets even worse it's prevailing and um mm-hmm. it it'll take more than just a couple of roster changes to rectify it mike is it whether is it is it a breakdown that can be avoided and will be avoided eventually or is this something that's deeper than that mike what you just laid out is the main reason why the coaching change was made because i i think that this team you know the belief of Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas was that this team is better mm. than uh, how it played under Babcock. And now the excuses are gone. Now, granted, I think that there's going to be a natural time to adjust to what and how Ke- Sheldon mm. Keith wants this team to play and en- envisions this team uh, playing. And you could see some of those changes. I mean, th- th- they weren't subtle against, against Colorado, you know, I don't think I can count on one hand the number of times that Mike Babcock put Nylander, Matthews, and Marner on the on the same line, regular strength throughout the the time that they were all on on the Leaf roster, and they were you know mostly held you know with the exception of a couple stretches where Matthews was hurt. These guys played every game, and I don't remember other than power plays them being on the ice at the same time. Keith did that. Uh, in the first period and second period against Colorado, looking for uh, a key goal, looking for some offense. He's played Tavares and Matthews together. He, he has started using Riley and Barry together on so or offensive zone faceoffs to to generate more offense. That's those are things that Babcock would have never done that Keith is doing. So whether it works, yeah. I think it'll take a little more time to find out, but that's being a lot more free and a lot more inventive than Mike Babcock ever This was. is the Leafs Convo podcast for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario, oakridgeford.com. I'm Norm along with Mike. Got to say, I love the participation on the YouTube channel, especially in the comments and in community. Thank you very much, guys. Give yourselves a round of applause. Mike Babcock is out. Sheldon Keefe is in. He's employing his strategies. He's um, doing what he's paid to do, and you know he's expected to do a lot. The guy um, coached the Marlies uh, from contenders to champions, and um, you know really set set a, a standard uh, in terms of leadership in the minor leagues. Can he do the same in the NHL? And even if he has the capabilities to do the same in the NHL, does he have the horses, Mike? Because you know, we, we can't. We're at some point. We're going to have to just expunge the the Mike Babcock era and all the. I mean, the the good and then all the bad. It's we'll have to be. We'll have to forget about it because it's he he's gone now. And now this is on Sheldon Keefe. This is on the guy who who created um, this beautiful mess that is uh, Kyle Dubas. So what are these guys going to do about it? And when did they get to the point um, of saying? Look, there's only so much we can do. There's almost so much managerial um, commitment I can put into this thing. There's only there's only so much coaching I can do until collectively they say 
we need to change this up. And a lot of the comments that I'm getting right now after two losses uh, do focus on changes, the goaltending change, a, a shakeup, a, 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 a trade, you know, get rid of this guy, get rid of that guy. And, and I know a lot of it's a lot of it. A lot of it is, is it's instinct. It's a, it's just reaction to, to what we're seeing in this season hasn't been good, Mike, but will we get to that stage this season where something will have to change and it might be a bigger move than a small. It could. Um, I think you're seeing, you know, sort of tinkering changes right now. Now, you know, the Colorado game was um, unique in the sense that it was the first game this year that the Leafs had everybody on hand. Marner was back, Matthews, Neander, Tavares. Yeah. You had all the defensemen, mm-hmm. everybody. Everybody was in the lineup. That's, you know, you know when the, – so the excuses – now, you know, you can say Trevor Moore was – but I'm talking about the core guys. I mean, Trevor Moore will be back in a week or so, and I think he's somebody who's important as a secondary player. But the, the core group, everybody was there. So, you, I mean, uh, people who are Babcock defenders could use that as something to defend. You know, he, ne- he never had all of his horses. Yeah, well. um, I, 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 think, I think that's weak because you see teams like Pittsburgh who have lost Crosby or Malkin mm-hmm. or t- t- tons of their defense, and they're, and they're still, you know, going at a pretty good pace. So, but, but that, you know, and not having everybody there is, is something that affected how the yeah. players are being used. But now, now that they're all back, now is the test. Now, I, like I said, I think that there's going to be some adjustments in terms of, you know, getting them to play uh, a certain strategy. And that, that I think that, you know, that, that'll take a few more weeks at least to sort of get them in the right direction. But I also think that they realize <laughs> that there is there is a situation here where they need to start playing better. I mean, this, the, 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 the standings in the Atlantic yeah. division, I mean, they're lucky that right now Tampa Bay has floundered. Yeah. They're wallowing after you know, they've not played well. I don't know how long that's going to last because they simply have too much talent. Uh, the, the, the Habs are in deep trouble right now. They've lost nine of the last ten. Their best scorer and one of their other scorers in Paul Byron are out, and Carey Price is playing fairly average. So, you know, the, the Leafs are benefiting from that. I mean, they're a point out of second place yeah. in the Atlantic division and they've gone through a six game losing streak and a, and a, and a coach firing. So they're fortunate that they're that close, but they have to start a kicking it into gear. Now. Can they, can they number 34 is taking some heat and he should, if he doesn't play well, he should take the heat. If Mike Babcock doesn't coach well, he should take the heat. If Mike, if, William Nylander doesn't play well. He should take the heat. These guys should take the heat. Not just because they're in Toronto. It's because they're professionals. It's time to, to perform when you're not performing. And it's, never mind it's the individual performances. Well, you know, Nylander's doing really well. It's the rest of the team that's not keeping up. Or when he uh, isn't doing well, it's someone else's fault. No, collectively, is this team doing what it needs to do? Uh, Mitch Marner, I know he's been off for about a month, but I always talk about him how he's about the, I always talk about how he is the most naturally gifted player on the team then that means he has to be naturally gifted and get it back into gear one game after another and we're still waiting for this team to to come together and that's why I ask the question will there come a time when Kyle Dubas has to reassess things and say you know what maybe the composition of the team just isn't right or maybe we just you know plot along as best we can 
eke into the playoffs with what we've got, and then we'll re-examine things in the offseason. Because, look, Kyle Dubas is not the forever general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs now, right? Mike Babcock, the bad guy, the boogeyman is gone. All of your buddies, Leafs fans, are here now. All of your buddies, all the guys you want are here now. Now they've got to get it done. And for how long will they be your buddies um, if this team does not perform up to the standards that uh, you think this team should perform to. What did you think of the Zadorov? What did you think of the Zadorov hit on Kotinyemi? I mean, Zadorov is a mean guy. I mean, he's a big, tough defenseman. He was drafted by Buffalo, traded in the Ryan O'Reilly deal. Um, I, I mean, it was a slew foot. He's probably going to get suspended for a game or two. But I honestly, that's the type of defenseman I think a lot of Lee fans are saying, boy, they could sure. use somebody like that but with a team that, that, that doesn't really push back that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, just going back to the roster changes, I mean, we saw the Nick Shore being waived. We saw him getting claimed by by uh, the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, that was a move that uh, I wholly expected because Nick Shore was somebody who was going to play that yeah. role under Babcock. And I, I, I don't think – I think they're going to go more towards a skilled fourth line with Spezza up the middle – um, they're going to have to make right now. There are 21 players on the roster because they're like $40,000 under the mm. cap and they're, you know, that, so they're limited. So once Trevor Moore comes back, they're probably going to waive uh, somebody like Pierre Engvall who doesn't have to clear waivers, but send them down to the Marlies. Um, but they're going to be at 21 players because of the, the cap situation. And that makes things difficult in terms of, you know, can they go out and find a backup goaltender? And yeah. I, I, Elliot Freed, Ali Freeman this morning on uh, Toronto radio was talking about, you know, looking at the fact that it, it would be hard to imagine them not looking for a backup goaltender because, you know, at this point that, you know, one of a possible 14 points and playing Frederick Anderson in back-to-back games, which Sheldon Keefe did not want to do. Those are sort of, you know, it keys sort of an act of desperation. Now, it's up to Dubas to not get taken advantage of, but they do have to find a backup goaltender. And that is a key right now because Freddie Anderson cannot play 70 games uh, this season and just barely sneak into the playoffs and then lose in the first round. They, they need to find mm-hmm. somebody who can spell him and play and play well and, uh, while he gets some much-needed rest. Well, a lot of the response to games in which Freddie Anderson's on the bench and Michael Hutchinson's in the net, revolves around the team quitting on the backup goaltender. Whether that's true or not, um, you could statistically break it down. You you put it through the eye test. But, you know, you're going to put Ken Dryden in there? Is the team going to, like, tune out or get worried or uh, lose its nerve because Freddie's not uh, behind them? I. I don't know. Does it matter who's in net if the team isn't playing uh, a good, strong team defensive game? I, I don't know, Mike. Uh, some shout-outs. Uh, Lord Long March, Benny B, Severino, Codicino. That sounds fake. Steve Hardman, Burke Mercy, Jeremy Scott, Masiek Kukowski, Cool and Trending, Minecraft, Dad and Son. Nice work on the comments within the community section, guys. Armoral. I'm going to the game in Vancouver. I'm worried that if I see the team quit again or put in a lack of effort that I'm going to start giving them the silent treatment during games again. Oh, man. I mean, hey, it's funny because I, I for years have seen 
Leafs Nation go down to Buffalo in force, you know, 10,000 yeah, people, 50% of the building. Even when they sucked, they'd be down there. Yeah. And everybody knows, I mean, if they, everybody knows based on what I write in Hockey Buzz and what everybody writes in the Toronto media of their record in Buffalo. You know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll remind you, 32 wins, 73 losses, and six ties since 1970. And they continue to go down there. Mm. Now, it's probably because they can get tickets in Buffalo when they can't get them at the Scotiabank Arena. But, you know, you would think that the trend is, oh, I'm not going to go down there because I know the Leafs are going to lose. I mean, fans are fans. They're devoted to their team. They're going to go, hoping for the best. Cool and trending. The Leafs are resembling what happened to Peter Morazic just after approaching Jumbo Joe. And they aren't making three shootout saves to end the game on a high note. P.S. It's nice to have a little hockey in today's hockey. Thanks, Jumbo. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, and that was and that was a that was a dive and a half. I'm sorry, Morazic is wearing a mask, and he and 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 Joe I know. Uh, jabs him, and he and he goes down like Oswald shot him. So it's but there there is a faction that will want to eradicate Joe's career because of what he did to Peter Morazic because. He was mean. Hilarious. It was, come on, it's comical. Mm. Hilarious. Ryan Pilon, what do you think about the suggestion by Carlo Koliakovo that Austin Matthews might be better suited to play on the wing with his skill set and play mm-hmm. style? I understand why Carlos said it. I disagree <laughs> simply because I think it takes a lot of the value away from, uh, from Matthews in terms of a, a player. He's got to learn to play a better two-way. Mm. That's simply... I mean, this this is a situation where a few years ago, guy a, a guy that they traded uh, with Quebec to get a guy named Sundin. Uh, you know, he was Sundin was a Greatest winger of all time. He was, yeah. Give me a break. What I'm saying though is because you're a Davy Keon guy, right? Or no, more Wendell Clark. Well, no. I mean, in terms of all time, I think it's Keon. I mean, I love Wendell Clark. He's my favorite player, but I just, um, but I, I, he wasn't as impactful as Sundin was. I'm just saying, you know, Sundin was a natural winger mm. and because, <laughs> excuse me, but because they had a, they had a need for a center. Mm. They moved him to center. They kept him there, even though a lot of people think he would have been a much more effective power forward winger. I don't think Matthew, I think Matthews is a very good playmaker and I, but he's, but he's a shoot first mm. guy. But you have there. There's room in this league for a shoot first center. So they they have two of them. I mean, Tavares I think is that now, and and Matthews is. So, yeah. I mean, I understand why Carlo is talking about that because right now, Matthews does not seem to want to um, devote himself to playing yeah. defensively the way he said he was going to in his career. I mean, I remember as a rookie or in the second year, oh, I want to be the next Jonathan Tage sure. or the next Anze Kopitar. He's closer he to Tyler Sagan. Is he built for it? Does he, he have I, the physique for it? Does he have the determination for it? Again, it's the intrinsics, right? It's what's what's inside the player. Some people don't like to hear that, but it, tru- it truly is. You know, was Sidney Crosby – is Sidney Crosby a – a physical specimen beyond any of his contemporaries? No. But so, what makes mm-hmm. him so great? Is it his, his skill set for sure? But there's something else there too. So where does Austin Matthews go from where he's at right now? He's a spectacular player, but again, this is not shinny. Is he is is he going to develop into the 200 foot player that he said he was going to, and that clearly the Leafs need him to? And remember, if he does not 
fulfill the entire obligation of his contract, it's not on Mike Babcock anymore. He's gone. It's on your buddy, mm-hmm. Sheldon Keefe, and your buddy, Kyle Dubas. You can't, there's no one else to blame anymore. It's If these guys don't perform to the level that they say they can and that you expect them to, it's not Mike Babcock's problem anymore. It's not the old guy's problem. No. It's the team's problem, and it's the guys who run the team, and the guys you wanted to run the team are running the team right now. So what are they going to do? It's not going to be Sheldon Keefe's problem, and it's not going to be Kyle Dubas's problem initially. If there's a failure this year and they miss the playoffs, it's going to be on the players and you will see changes this summer based okay, on the fact good. that's why I that's why I, that's why I continue now I don't think they're trading to they, they can't trade Tavares cuz he's got a no move clause and why would you want to uh, they're not trading <laughs> Marner they're, they're not trading Matthews the, fir, the 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 guys who will get moved mm-hmm. will be a Neilander or Kapanen or an Andreas Janssen. I think it'll be Neilander <laughs> because you know he's yeah I know but but he's making seven million dollars whereas Janssen and 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 Captain total are making less than that and they need to open up space to be able to address the areas of need that have needed to be addressed. They've tried doing that with Muzzin. They tried doing it with yeah. Barry. So far, it has not worked. Dubis will go back to the drawing board. He's I have to tell you guys, he is going to be this team's general manager for the next three or four years. He's going to get a chance to, if this doesn't work, to remake the roster and do what he thinks is best. And that people are going to have to accept that. They're not firing Kyle okay. Dubas after two years. Okay, He can be the general manager for the rest of time. But does he adapt? But, they need no, but does he adapt? Does yeah. he change? There's a there's an ex- I think okay, he's a, but there's an expectation that the game is going finesse and the game is going skill. The game has always been finesse and skill, but you can add more elements yeah. to it. Mike, what you can't set a trend that others aren't attempting to follow and that others um, are able to counter with better. Okay, so this idea that well, you know, yeah. it's he's just gonna it's a bunch of shinny players, it's a bunch of European hockey players, or sorry, it's a bunch mm-hmm. of European style hockey. Just, just uh, give, give and go. A lot of finesse, no touching. You can't play that way if no one else is. <laughs> if you're fast yeah, and you're I, good, but they're faster and be- gooder and stronger, you lose. It's just that way. See, I, I, I think Kyle Dubas is a very smart hockey guy, and I think he, 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 the, the team would not have gone in this direction if he didn't think that they could win playing this. But if after a year. That he sees that there are gaps, that there are uh, situations that don't lend themselves to success with the team the way he constructed it, then he's going to change. He definitely Good. will because I, you know, you look at what Sheldon Keith did with the Marlies. Sheldon Keith didn't have an ice dancing squad there. He had players like Mason <laughs> Marchment. He, he he had he had offensive players. Oh, that's great, ice dancing. Yeah, he had. He had offensive players. He had, you know, guys who were workman like players. He, you know, he was able to adapt to different styles. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, there, there was, I think there, you know, they, and it's the American Hockey League. So I know that the talent level mm-hmm. is not the same, mm-hmm. but he was able to play different styles of game depending on yeah. the players. And I think that that's what will end up happening with Just the a Leafs. couple questions before we go i apologize for the coughing and the sniffling i've had a cold for like two weeks i just can't get over it because i'm old um mr bo berry at bo berry caniac straight out of north carolina what's the biggest sweetener you'd be willing to throw in to move cc 
Oh boy. Um, back, back, uh, I see. Bag I don't think pox, it's a couple mil. Yeah, I, I don't think it's possible Toronto. to move. I don't think it's possible to move CC simply because I don't see many teams out there willing to take a four and a half million dollar mm. salary. And right now, the Leafs don't have a defenseman to replace him on the right side. Or I don't think Liljegren is ready. Um, I think they think they're they're targeting him probably for next year, and unless they're getting a defenseman in return in a deal for CC, which is <laughs> a stretch. Now, they would have to probably give up at least a second-round pick to get somebody to take them off their hands, and I don't think that's tenable. That's that's an untenable yeah. situation, so I think that it's not mm-hmm. happening. Uh, real quick, Nazem Kadri's return. Uh, a couple of words on, mm-hmm. on Naz. I saw Sam and his mom in attendance wearing canes or wearing avalanche gear. Looks so weird mm-hmm. after 10 years, Naz, in Toronto. I mean, he – really was a force and you're, you're seeing now in the aftermath of everything that went down and his departure, um, the appreciation that people rightly have for a guy who did really well in Toronto, turned his life around, turned his career around, was a great Maple Leaf. And um, I, I wish it would have ended better, but it didn't. He's on to different pastures now. Best of luck to him. Real quick, your, your thoughts of, of his game and, and, and that uh, reaction. Well, the, the crowd gave him a standing ovation, and I think that's deserved. I mean, uh, obviously, he's a, he's a controversial character in a sense that, you know, you can make the argument about the two series against Boston and what happened. And, but, I mean, you look at him overall. He was a first-round pick. He took time to develop. In the end, he became a very capable two-way player. Um, I think they miss an aspect of his game, but I don't think, you know, Alex Kerfoot is, it was a good replacement for him, a different type of player. They got a defenseman and Barry, the deal is yeah. good for good for the Leafs. It was good for Colorado. And now Nazem has a, I think a pretty good chance of winning a Stanley cup because Colorado is probably going to add at the deadline and they have a ton of talent and being a number two behind Nathan McKinnon. is yeah. Not a bad place. Yeah, and and I've, I've seen a lot of uh, Matthews versus McKinnon stuff out there. I mean, you can go on about it. We can put anybody versus anybody, right? Nylander fans put him up against Guy Lafleur and uh, Mario Lemieux and, you know, Michael, Michael, Michael Jordan and, you know, and they, they make, they make a case right uh, in their own minds. Um, but in, in the case of, you know, a, a legitimate comparison, Nathan McKinnon, man, that, that guy, he's an unbelievable, unbelievable player. And the way he's developed is, the way a lot of fans want Austin Matthews to develop, but is it inside Matthews? Is it, does he have the physique for it? Does he have the, does, does he, will he need to, if the Leafs compliment him with the right players? And of course, Nathan McKinnon, um, a pr- proud cast member of trailer park boys. I'll never forget that last word to you. Yeah. Nathan McKinnon comes out and says the right thing in an interview with Forbes magazine and says he's willing to take less to stay with, Colorado and go through a run for the Stanley Cup and that was music to the ears of Joe Sackick and of course and everybody right now who is a critic of the Leafs are saying why couldn't we get that that sort of viewpoint from Mitch Marner or Austin Matthews I mean got to realize that it's different in Toronto and these players you know they're going to make what they think they need to make to be mm-hmm. successful and they hope that the management can construct a team around them yeah to be able to be successful in spite of paying three players over 10 million bucks. It's possible in this league where the cap is going up, but right now, you know, I think that's what a lot of Lee fans are looking at is the fact that they're, they're paying four players, 40 million bucks. And the team is 
not uh, playing I blame very the well salary right cap. Don't blame the players. I think Nylander, Tavares, Marner, and Matthews are all paid accordingly. Now play accordingly. Michael, got to go, buddy.